RPG a day, 2020, day 29, ride. Welcome to the Glade Traveler, Ryan Heck of Aqualith Media here. You're listening to Aqualith AM, and this is a jam-packed catch-up special as part of RPG a day, 2020, where I catch up to all but day 31 for the 21 word prompts that I missed and did not get to partake in due to life grabbing hold. It's going to be quite a ride. I do not recommend doing this. Uh, if you were uh, doing microblogs or podcasts yourself, uh, cramming all these in, but I don't know, call me a sadist. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's not, this won't be for the faint of heart uh, normally, but uh, uh, keeping up each day is normally easier you know normally you would that's how you do it but uh august was a little rough for me so here we are uh so i'm not necessarily doing these in numerical order uh as the list is usually provided but uh i think this whole this will work as kind of a quick catch-all so without further ado let's get rolling couple my wife then fiance joined me in a Pathfinder first edition Adventure Path home game. Uh, that was about nine years ago, I think. It was a Legacy of Fire, for those of you who want to know. Um, we got to book six of six, um, but unfortunately the campaign halted just before the finish line for that final fight. While it was fun and overwhelming at times, uh, she is still looking forward to uh, joining me in a future game, uh, albeit simpler to grasp rule system, I would say. Jumping to Shade. Uh, for this one, I could have thought of more um, on the real-life scenarios of... Uh, I'll just explain it. Uh, how do you deal with particular players that join your table that seem to uh, send Shade in your direction? Uh, and by that, I mean uh, giving you a hard time, maybe making it awkward for you in some way where they're just giving you, uh, the, the, I don't know, they're, they're showing signs of aggression, like they, they don't like your play style or they woke up on the wrong side of the bed that morning, whatever it is. Um, you probably know what I'm, those kind of players. Uh, maybe you see them in cons and uh, you may, maybe they're not part of your normal every uh, normal group, but uh, you you still have to deal with them. Whatever it is, um, when you know you are confused about such behavior, uh, or you're just left with, well, how, how do I deal with this? How, how do you handle that? I'm, I'd be curious to know, and I'd love to, I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments uh, wherever you're seeing this this podcast. Moving on to light. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Asimar race or ancestry as they're now calling it in Pathfinder. And I think that's probably going to be the, especially these days, uh, it seems like ancestry or heritage or uh, lineage is kind of the, the way to go uh, with c calling these uh, fantasy races uh, of these different uh, uh, games. Uh, I'll have to tell you more about uh Radiarch Ecclesia, who is my Asimar uh, uh, character from Pathfinder uh, another day. He, I think he's pretty cool. And uh, 
He's got one cool ability that's just built in with all the, that type of race, and it is called Daylight. It's a spell. It's actually an innate ability that allows them to cast the, the normal spell Daylight uh, once each day. And it's it's very handy in case you enter a dungeon without, you know, say your torches all get wet or, you know, they're not handy. Then you're not able to grab them quickly. Uh, in a quick flash, you're able to project it from your hand or maybe add it to make it light up a coin, whatever it is. It's pretty cool. Um, so I'm wondering if anyone out there, if you ever played it, played an Asimar, do you like them? Am I pronouncing them wrong based on your uh, perception? Uh, what are your thoughts about them? Do you like them, love them, despise them? I'd love to hear. Stack. This is... Arguably, uh, this could also work for this uh, stack of word prompts that I'm doing. Uh, but uh, I thought I'd talk about gear uh, within an RPG, uh, stacking up your PC inventory. When I'm a GM, uh, every or every time that I've GM'd a homebrew game, which is just a number of times, can't even count them all on my hand. Well, I should say. I can, can count them all on one hand, for sure. Let me start over. When IGM, I prefer to waive encumbrance rules. These are the rules that uh, you use for um, making sure that uh, your PC is not uh, carrying too much in their pack or on their belt or just on their person in general. Uh, for my players i kind of set up a, a house rule that i don't really care to keep track of all that but i i will if it makes sense to where the point of okay you're maybe you're pushing those rules a little too much i like to keep things cinematic so not too super realistic but as i state in the house rules if you are carrying a piano then I might start enforcing it. So that's just kind of one one thought. Uh, and then that seems to, just mentioning the piano seems to carry the weight and uh, gets the point across. Uh, message. Message is a cantrip, uh, again, in Pathfinder, uh, specifically in a second edition, which I find to be quite handy. Within a range of 500 feet, you can transmit a message through your lips quietly so that only the creature you intend to hear it will hear it. I find this really awesome for combat, social, scouting, all kinds of really interesting situations. Maybe it's not just another player character you're trying to pass information to. Maybe it's um, a f f familiar or animal companion that you've... Um, that understands your language and uh you using this message uh kind of long distance uh, uh cup and wire uh cup and string uh kind of uh style of uh communicating i think it's pretty cool so i, I think that's a quite a powerful uh zero level uh little spell there and the fact that it's a cantrip is pretty awesome rest wow i could I could uh, have done this on the day of this uh, particular word prompt. Uh, I've got a lot of thoughts to share on rest. 
But suffice to say, with this past couple weeks, I needed to acknowledge my limits and take breaks amidst all that's going on IRL in real life, away from blogging and podcasting. Um, I've got a few subtopics that I'd love to address on just the topic of rest alone. It's really is a gold mine. Uh, Boyd, Chapman, you guys behind RPG a day, thank you for picking this one. I'm going to be pulling this one apart in an upcoming podcast or podcasts for sure. Frame. I own a glistening map of Middle Earth produced around the time that the Return of the King extended edition was releasing to video. This was put out, I believe, by New Line, uh, you know, as part of their movie uh, website. Uh, let's sell as many trinkets and try to milk this as much as we can while the iron is still hot. Uh, the map itself was probably in the range of about $30 or so. I can't quite remember, but it's that sounds about the right ballpark. I didn't hang it for probably three or four years because it was such a pretty map, but I didn't have a proper frame for it. Uh, it wasn't until I moved to Seattle and found a f shop, I believe it was called You Frame It, uh, in the Ballard neighborhood. I'm not sure if it's still there or not. Who knows with past uh, you know, 2020, with lots of small businesses come and go now. So who knows? Uh, there I found a it, within that shop, a thick looking wooden frame that looked, it had the, these golden inlays painted along the trim that I swear they just immediately reminded me of dwarven runes. Uh, if you're ever visiting with me, or maybe I'll take a photo of, of that to explain it and show it uh, sometime in the future gorgeous frame and as soon as i saw it in the shop i was like that's it it's perfect so without question i picked it up and uh got it got it put together in this in the store it's called you frame it so uh you know the associates there help you put it together lay the glass in and all that and uh it's one of my prized possessions for when uh when it comes to wall hangings uh in our house um and the missus loves it as well and uh, it makes our living room quite dramatic. Yes, we'll use the next term, dramatic. Uh, and we'll just roll right into it, but keeping that Middle Earth theme. Uh, Role-playing in Middle Earth itself, uh, that was actually my first GMing experience, was uh, doing a play-by-post campaign set before Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, using what is known today as the Cortex Classic system, uh, this was done by Margaret Weiss Games, Margaret Weiss Publishing. Forgive me for forgetting that uh, name. I don't have the book in front of me, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, this was one step um, ahead. The, this core book that I have, and I still own it. I, I don't plan on ever selling it because it's there's still some really great stuff in it. This uh, Cortex uh RPG uh, core rule book. Uh, it's it's one step up past the original Serenity RPG, which is what Cortex, I believe, was started in. 
but it's prior to the version of it that was seen in games like Smallville or Leverage and the like. With that particular campaign, since a few of my friends who wanted to play were not in the same town to meet, there's your day 18, we used a forum called Pen and Paper Games. Uh, if you were ever possibly in that forum or part of it, uh, do let me know. I went by the name Slipstream in that. Uh, we were able to conclude the first adventure uh, in person over a holiday get-together. Uh, maybe, I'm going to say like six months after the start of it. I still had plans to continue it, uh, focusing on the north in the area known as the Fornost, uh, which really did not get covered in any books to my knowledge. Uh, it might have gotten uh, some play in... Um, Ruins of the North, the One Ring, One Ring RPG uh, by Cubicle Seven, and uh, might have been in the uh, one of the video games, the one of the RPG video games that I didn't get to play yet, but I'd like to at some point. Uh, War in the North, I think it's called. Man, I need to check those. But anyway, uh, it's. It's an area I would have liked to explore, but uh, we, we didn't get to. We pretty much stuck to the Breland area but uh, and a little bit of some surrounding forest, but it's still fun. Twice now, in two different campaigns, I have run a tower-centric adventure for Pathfinder called Master of the Fallen Fortress. It's a first-level adventure for new Pathfinders set to investigate who is currently residing over the long-abandoned mage's tower. I like the claustrophobic sense of ascending a staircase. Though it can get challenging when you have an encounter that spills over onto two, sometimes three levels. So if you ever plan to run it, it's free, by the way, on paizo.com. Do plan accordingly with your map. Uh, my recommendation would be that Theater of the Mind makes some aspects of it easier. Uh, go, go cinematic or go home is my thought. Uh, but uh, definitely having having that uh, battle map, uh, you know, laid out where uh, it's you have those each level in different sections and have them easily readily available for when you need to swap swap them in and maybe uh, cut them out so you have certain parts that can easily like sit on top of each other and stack. Uh, hey, there's the stack theme again. Uh, but anyway, the cinematic battle um, also at the top of the tower has a nice gaping hole at, oh wait, yeah, nice gaping hole at the top. Easy for uh, PC or NPC if they were to ever get pushed over the edge. That's right. I just knocked out four prompts just in that example. So there you go. Um, I promise I won't do that again. Rare. Let's go with the prompt of rare. I'm thinking about relics and heirlooms, a place uh, a, pl a player may have possession of. Usually they're magically infused or they have some sentimental value that adds to their story, making them one of a kind. Unique. I played a character once who found a unique magic sword that actually evolved as, as he leveled up, becoming more and more powerful as the campaign progressed. 
In another game, a pilot character I dearly loved to play was directly tied to his custom spaceship, which he himself had a hand in designing. Uh, do you have a rare item that you can think of that you loved owning as a PC? Uh, I would love to hear about it in the comments. Humor. Uh, going back to the rest, I need to breathe for a second there. Get some water. Okay. I rarely try to tell jokes unless some someone else wrote them. If I use any humor, it will likely fall back to sarcasm or dry deadpan delivery. This way, if it's not funny to the person, then more than likely it'll just go over their head. Occasionally it can backfire and I end up looking like a jerk, but this certainly... But this doesn't happen as much as uh, when I first started gravitating toward that style of humor, I guess. Lever. This makes me think about an RPG with plenty of levers, especially within its puzzles. And I've yet to have a proper playthrough of it, uh, speaking in video game terms. The best part is it ties directly into the central theme of what I'm hoping to do with the Aqualith setting. And that is water magic. See, I want to play this particular game using its amazing mod support, playing a hydromancer of sorts. And uh, that's part of some of the genesis of my thoughts of, hey, maybe I could put some uh, put some of these products out for uh, tabletop. So uh, this particular uh, game, as you could probably guess, is the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. I've owned the game for years, but life happens. Couldn't quite uh, get a playthrough going, so I'm hoping that uh, I will do that eventually. So stay tuned for uh, what I plan to do for that. Um, and I hope to chronicle it in some way, whether I record or more than likely I'll probably just switch on Twitch or something like that. And, people can watch if they feel like it but uh i'd like to do it a little bit different than what a lot of people are uh normally would uh do playthroughs for uh so hopefully next year maybe a couple years from now i don't know but it'll happen i hope We're almost there okay strange ever check out the strange money cook games sophomore outing it was largely set in modern day, but definitely pulling influence from Marvel's Shield and Bad Robot's fringe television series. And come to think of it, uh, I would say The Magician's Nephew, uh, which is book one of the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, and I say that because uh, just you know, it's got its. You start out as a modern day human within a as part of a secretive clandestine government agent agency uh set to investigate alternate worlds interconnected by this central network of tunnels or portals uh called the strange and uh it uh reminds me yeah it's a very neat concept it's actually what drew me to uh the cipher system originally and i've only i i've I've gotten to play it. Let's see. I've played it in a, in a play by post campaign. It almost lasted a year uh, and a few one-offs uh, by 
the actual developers at PAX a few times. It's now no longer being printed, but it's easily found on sale quite often, uh, whether on Money Cook Games' website or Drive-Thru RPG, uh, or sometimes a Humble Bundle or a Bundle of Holding. You find it in various uh, things like places like that. Uh, I recommend at least uh, grabbing the core book, uh, but uh, even if you're just interested in, you know, doing your own setting, awesome. But a lot of the supplements really very much suggest you check them out, especially if some of them just maybe even touch on some of the themes that you are planning on doing for your system or for your uh, for a particular campaign, because it's the cipher system is so mixed together. You can uh, it's quite beautifully made where you can grab things without having to change hardly anything like all the, all the math, everything's all baked in. So it's pretty nice. It's uh, elegant, it's light on its feet, and it's fun. Flavor. This one feels right, feeds right off that cipher system discussion. Uh, Flavor is covered in chapter six of the cipher system core rulebook and plays as an extension to types, which are basically your classes in the game. Flavors are a little less generic and intended to fill certain gaps that the four core types might be swinging a little too much too wide on. Uh, this is another one of those topics I'd love to dive deep on in the in a future episode. You're seeing a pattern here. Keep uh, deferring to the future. Uh, well, that uh, actually leads to our close. It was quite a ride, huh? Lots of little topics which I hope to dive into in the future, as well as a whole lot more specific ones to Aqualith. If time allows, and I can record at least one more uh, for day 31 before the end of RPG a day 2020, I will. Otherwise, you'll find a blog post uh, at the very least. This is uh, this is leading me to the end of this series of pre-podcast episodes, leading me to the premiere of a regular podca- podcast, which I hope to start uh, with episode one of Aqualith AM. Uh, maybe I'll even rope in a friend or two in, in the near future. We'll just have to see as it evolves. Podcasts are always changing. Uh, they're always, uh, I, I, like I said, I, I did this in the first episode. I did this uh, 14 years ago, and, and uh, it's been a while since I last did this. And uh, But I'd like to continue getting back into it, and, and it's hopefully something that's of... Um, worth to you, the listener. So I hope this temporary dip into quantity over quality wasn't too much too or too jarring for you. And uh, you still got some enjoyment out of it. Maybe it piqued your interest about some games you hadn't thought about before. If you found value uh, in it, uh, I genuinely welcome feedback and uh, maybe even support through giving some value back. Uh, I use a service called uh, Ko-Fi. Uh, Kofi uh, for for that which you can find uh, on uh, in the description below, or uh, you can go to ko-fi.com/aqualith, and there you can find ways to support support me if you so are if you are so able to. Uh, depending on where you are listening to this, you can subscribe uh, either on library lbry.tv. Uh, the link will be. Per- 
provided below, or you can also uh, subscribe and even leave voicemails for me at anchor.fm slash aqualith. And as always, you can find all the things at aqualith.media. I sincerely thank you for listening. Again, I'm Ryan, and this has been Aqualith AM. Steady tides be with you.